A number of years ago, our family enjoyed a holiday by the seaside. It was a beautiful holiday and the weather was fabulous. One Sunday morning, we strolled down the promenade looking at the sea and just enjoying the beauty of the place uh, that we were in. Uh, we went down towards the jetty where a crowd had gathered uh, and we saw that there was a church service happening. It was the blessing of a lifeboat. Uh, and on the jetty, there was a microphone and there standing by the microphone were four people. All men, all old men, all white-haired old men. Uh, and it was there the time to, to pray. And so the first old gentleman who went was the vicar, the parish vicar, and he prayed a short uh, prayer. And then the deacon went and he prayed a longer prayer. The archdeacon then went and he prayed a much longer prayer. And then it was the turn of the bishop who sought and besought and beseeched and prayed for such a long time that unfortunately the crowd that were gathering there were beginning to get disinterested and walk away. It was a real shame. Uh, we just saw this happening before our eyes. We were trying to pray, but it was so long and it was so big words that you, you really didn't really need. Lots of beseeching. In just five short verses in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us the ideal template of a prayer that appeals and, and makes sense to every single context that we will ever find ourselves in. Our Father who art in heaven is how it begins, and that's what we're looking at this morning in the first of our series. What does it say to us in this coronavirus world? The first word is bigger than it looks. Our Father plural. We are in this together and God is in it too. So when we pray the Our Father, we are reaching out to him, but really because he reached out to us first and foremost. He claimed us first. He promised that we are his before we did anything at all. In these troubled times, we rest upon our Father, and this also reminds us that our faith is not individualistic. It's not you alone. It's not me alone. Uh, and, and with this truth, I don't go and hug a tree for comfort or gaze at crystals to get enlightenment and healing on my own. Because Jesus died and rose again for all, we understand our faith as communal. We understand the Father as ours. We are part of a body, the church, and even in isolation, we are together. So in essence, we are never isolated. The way of Jesus is our way, the way of salvation, that is. You see, God is called Father because we know Jesus the Son. So when we pray our Father, we are also acknowledging that God has a name and a way of action that is seen in the Trinity, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, all active in the chaos at the very beginning of the world and all active in the chaos that we find ourselves in today. Our Father, not watching idly by, but active in goodness for us and through us as a joined up community of Christ. It is also important to say that the fatherhood of God is so completely unique. 
It's different to our own ideas of our human fathers, whether our relationship with our own fathers was good or bad or even non-existent. God's fatherhood of us is divinely perfect. And Jesus says something about it in Matthew 23 and verse 9. He says, don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your spiritual father. There can be no better father to lean on in times like this. As Christians, we have a joy and a certainty when we pray, our father. Essentially, our father means a relationship. And we can't genuinely call God father unless we are doing our part and trying to live as his child or children. For those of us who are alone or whose parents may have died and left us orphaned, we have this most amazing scriptural truth, a heavenly parent who is closer than breathing, our Father. And what's more, he has a location, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven is our second thought. He is in heaven. It raises our relationship from an individual or a corporate relationship to a cosmic relationship. Remember in scripture we see God's cosmic attributes where in the Old Testament for example he speaks after the earthquake, wind and fire there is a whisper. This is God in heaven. His location is somewhere therefore that we can name and why is this important? Because it prevents our prayers being thoughtlessly directed or aimed in a place that is in our minds. It prevents us from understanding God as a human entity who only exists in the way that we think. Our friend Stanley Howass, who says so much about this, says, God is not a wish projection. And it reminds us that he is God over all the creation that he has made. As we heard earlier, praise my soul, the King of heaven. And as such, this definite this real God has a definite address, and it's heaven. This God is God, therefore, over coronavirus. So where is this heaven? We often say heaven is everywhere, but how do we define that? Every miracle that Jesus did brought heaven into somebody's life. A person's conversion is where heaven is. And yes, heaven is seen in those nurses that we call angels, don't we? Isn't that their name? Remember the soap opera in the 70s or 80s called Angels? That's where heaven is. Heaven is when somebody is healed and they're helped walking out of a hospital, cured, or at least on the way to recovery. And heaven is a beautiful relationship with God and with our fellow people. Heaven, therefore, is discernible. It is where God is. Heaven broke out in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, and heaven is breaking out in these days of lockdown. So it's not a state of mind. It's not a metaphor or an idea. Heaven is a place that is located more closely than we know. We've often referred to them uh, at Regent Hall as the thin places. A kingdom that transcends the boundaries of time and space. Psalm 147 verses 3 and 4, they say this. 
He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them by name. I've read that to you before. The God of the cosmos is the God who, who, who sees our hurt and brings healing to it. The one who stands over us in order to stand with us. Finally, the book of Revelation confirms everything, doesn't it? In heaven there is a communion of saints that no one can number. There's a right royal celebration of those who've died in the faith. So when we pray our Father who art in heaven, we simply join our voices with the saints together in the heaven that we can see and in the heaven that is unseen. The Lord's Prayer therefore enables us to participate in God's kingdom now, building the kingdom through who we are and what we do to bring healing and blessing and Jesus to this hurting world. What a great big God we serve. As the kids sing, our God is a great big God. What a privilege to address God as Father in heaven. A writer called Thomas More said, Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Friends, if this is the revelation that we can gain and receive from just the first six words of the Lord's Prayer, think how much more this prayer has to say to us in the weeks to come. Next time you pray, our Father who art in heaven, think of the majesty of those short words. What a privilege and joy it is to pray together to the God of our lives. Let us live this prayer right now where we are in 2020. Amen. Amen. God bless you.